Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. My name is David and as ever I am joined by the rambunctious Matt. Hello there. So, um, here we are. We're talking about Gridlock. Gridlock. Season Uh, 3, episode 3. Yeah. And um, our episode 30. Is it? Yeah. 30 episodes. That's... It's, it's weird, because it feels like somehow we've been doing this longer, but also no time at all. Mm. Like, it's... Mm. Are we honest? I mean, we started not long before my son was born, and my sense of time has just gone, gone. to shit. It's yeah. just all over the shop. Um, but anyway, yeah, um, I've been looking forward to us getting to this one mm. for um, a few reasons. One very specific reason... Um, Shall we just address the the face in a jar in the room? <laughs> so, uh, I'll tell you the story of me watching this episode. Oh, yes. yeah. So, yeah. my fiance okay. is currently on a hen party. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I work in a school. It was the final day of term. Obviously, our wedding is looming. So, I yeah. came home with cards, gifts, bottles of wine. Yeah. Last night, I basically drank... A bottle of books fizz whilst watching this episode, <laughs> and and I had a good time with it because not even five minutes in, we have cat people, yeah. we have face of Bo. Yeah, this is the sequel to New Earth. Yeah, it is. Um, you could you could even you could even think about it um as being a sort of loose trilogy, a sort of face of Bo trilogy. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. set up in um. In series one with uh, the end of the world, mm-hmm. and then it's, that is the name of the episode, isn't it? I, I think so. That. Yes. Yeah. Then we get the new Earth, and here we are, gridlock, kind of giving us, you know, the final moments of the face mm. of Bo, um, all that juicy stuff. We won't. We'll, we'll 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 talk about the detail of it when we get there. Yeah. But, but, Put a smile on my face to see him. Oh, I'm old pleased. friend, as he refers yeah. to everyone. He's yeah. our old friend. He is. He is. Bless you, face of Bo. Bo. So yeah, what a treat, eh? Mm. Um. So written by Russell T Davis, obviously. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Uh, we know who he is. Yeah. Um. When was this aired? Fourteenth of April, two thousand seven. Yeah. So, so you've just been sort of. Stuffing my face with Easter eggs, probably. Yeah, yeah, full of the joys of spring. Mm. Um, I think I would have been doing that and also watching Doctor Who. Yeah, that's going to get annoying now, isn't it? Yeah. Past 30 episodes, we've always said, oh, yeah, I was just at uni hanging yeah. about now. Yeah. It's just, just going like, to be, oh, I was watching this. Yeah, yeah, for me, <laughs> definitely. Um, so. So the, the episode opens, sort of a cold open. We get a traffic alert. And seemingly watched by the couple from that painting, American Gothic. Yes, yeah, very, very direct reference. Is it? Um, oh, yeah. Oh, I wrote that in my notes as like a cheeky joke. But yeah. No, out. no, it, if you compare the two, like they have dressed them exactly oh, in right. those costumes. That makes sense. Um, yeah, one of the things that I want to talk about in this episode is the amount of fun the costume and set designers oh, are having. Certainly. Um, because... Um, the little the vehicles, but it's obviously they've got one standing set that they're just redressing mm. and using for you know all of these different things. And, and there's some really creative, fun stuff that they do on what must have been quite a small budget. So they call the police because they say their car's being raided. Yes, and the lady says it's because they lied to the computer. Yeah, and said that there was three people in their car. Yeah, when there's just two of them. Mm. And they clearly die. Yes. Yeah. Now, some kind of mysterious, horrible death. We might have to talk about this later in the episode. Yeah. But when it comes to people dying yeah. in this episode, yeah. this seems inconsistent to how pretty much everyone else who dies in this episode would die. Because. They say. Well, is it? Well, they say they lied to the computer. Yeah. But then. That computer doesn't really feature much into anything. Well, no, the, the computer basically the the computer is just what gives them access to the fast lane, right? But then, then when they reach the fast lane yeah. later in the episode, yeah, they don't die because people raid their cars. No, no, no. Well, they, well nobody raids their car there. Well, it certainly seems it because 
like people are like is there like sparks and something yeah because like it, it's being like shaken about all oh, right i might have misrepresented yeah like, yeah no it's being shaken about and and you know and then it just sort of cut i think we hear them screaming cuts to, to the title sequence and we don't see any more than that so we don't know what's causing that so we later to find out quite an interesting open Yo, yeah it's always yeah, good it's a, when someone it just opens with someone dying yeah it's a, a it's a fairly tried and true method for doctor who mm. it's like let's establish we won't start with the Doctor, we'll start with wherever we're going to be for the episode and whatever is killing people, because yeah. more often than not, something's killing people. So yeah. We yeah. then get the titles, yep. and then we're back to Doctor and Martha, Yeah, and the Doctor, he's, it's like he's longing for companionship. Oh yeah. So he says he's going to bend the rules, he's promised Martha one trip. He's going to say that's one trip to the future, one trip to the past. Yeah. And that's almost a direct reference, I feel like, for what is, you will find as as companions come and go, a really common um, pattern, template, if you like, Mm -hmm. for a a new companion's first few episodes. Right. We'll start off with the present, we'll meet them, we'll get to know them, they'll get on board the TARDIS. Next episode... We're either going to the past or the future, and the episode after that, we're going to the other one. So you'll have you'll have your present day, episode in the past, episode in the future, and within those three episodes, you basically said, "Here's here's Doctor Who. Here's what we do." So I've seen three series. Yeah. Series one opens with Rose. Yeah. Set on Earth. Yeah. Series two opens with with new. So I would say specifically when a new companion comes yeah. on board. Yeah. So and if we dismiss. New Earth. Yeah. In fact, almost as if we dismiss Rose. Yeah. There's this pattern, if we compared New Earth to End of the World. Yeah. And now to this. Yeah. Or even to Hospital on the Moon. Yeah. You then have, following that, The Unquiet Dead, Tooth and Claw. Yeah. Shakespeare. Yeah. Code. Yeah. So there is, there I, is a there bit there of a There is like a pattern. Yeah. 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 Because somewhere in the middle of season three, I bet we get a double episode. They always uh, crop up. Yeah, and a two-part finale. Yeah, and somewhere in the middle, a shit filler episode. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like I can see the future myself. <laughs> so, so when they're deciding where to travel to, yeah. Martha asks about the Doctor's planet. Yeah. And we made a point a couple of episodes ago of the first time it yeah, was named Gallifrey. Gallifrey. Yeah. And. I don't think it's a spoiler to say they talk about his planet a fair bit here, yeah. but it's not mentioned as Gallifrey again. No, I, I don't think he mentions it by name, but we do get a lovely little monologue, and I think Tennant sells it really well. The mm. sort of wistful longing for the homeland. Yes. Um, and what something that he's been sort of carrying with him for a long time, because, I mean, even if you think about it pre-Time War, he was... Going way back to the first Doctor, he was essentially a refugee. He mm. was, you know, running from his own people and his own time, his own world. They didn't, they weren't explicit in where that was at the, at the time. Now we know, mm. but you know, even from those early, early days, Gallifrey was kind of this place that he had to keep at arm's length at all times. So, and then yeah. I, I think it says a lot about the state I was in watching this episode last yeah. night when I made my notes. Because I've just written, New Earth, New New York, face of boat, cat people. (laughs) And then then I've just put a big tick. (laughs) As if I was, like, marking this episode. Yeah, just like, yep. 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 This has got everything I want in an episode. (laughs) In an episode. Yeah. Yeah, I think we bashed New New York. But actually, it's set up. I thought about this when I was watching this episode. A lot of tropes and things that we use as like benchmarks when discussing episodes. Yeah, definitely. Like there is the trouble with New Earth as an episode is that the actual story is shit and the execution yeah. is quite yeah. poor. But there's some some ideas within it, the world building is actually fairly strong. Yeah. You know? I think as at the time we were really critical, but yeah. with a bit of hindsight, yeah. there's bits to unpack in amongst all oh, of New Earth, isn't definitely. there? Definitely. Um, so, so yeah, so you've got, obviously, we've mentioned Face of Bo, so we, we get our first scene with the Face of Bo and, uh, Sister, whatever her name is, forget. Uh, you probably haven't got it written down. Uh, I have. Novice Hame. Novice Hame, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, so obviously, she's... I, 
it surprises me you forget that because as we know, you named your firstborn novice hen after <laughs> your true, famous, your favourite uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. What's it called? Scooty, novice <laughs> hen. I'm absorbing off. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, we're, we're already, you know... We've got that link, and, and you know we're setting up, hopefully, some kind of payoff finally. Because obviously, last time we met the face of Bo, yeah, his secret was just I'm going to tell you a secret later. Just yeah, hold your But he did. It also alluded to his death. Yeah, I think it said the the, the last time we met. So, yeah, you know. Right, Martha then realizes again that she's a bit of a rebound. Yes. Yeah. yeah. She. Yeah. She actually says it at this point, doesn't she? Because yeah. like he's he's. Farting on about Rose and basically, because he, she realizes after she kind of wheedles it out of him, he's just taking her to the places that he took Rose, which yeah. is um, and yeah, I, I like this though because the doctor's sort of saying what we're all thinking. I miss Rose a little bit, yeah, and I, you know, my understanding of Doctor Who yeah. as a show was Rose and yeah. her story, absolutely, and now that's a bit skewed. Yeah, and I don't know. There's look. There's uh, two schools of thought you could apply to this. Really, there's one of being like, okay, we we're acknowledging the the past, the the past of this character, and and what our audiences are familiar with. We're we're mm-hmm. not we're not just going to sweep it under the rug and pretend that losing Rose didn't happen and it didn't have an impact on the Doctor. Yeah, but after a certain point, you have to say like, can we? need to move forward and we need to just kind of accept that Rose is gone, she's not part of the show anymore and let let the the character you know, the characters we have now Yeah experience their own stories. And I I struggle with that tension between the two sometimes because I I, I appreciate the acknowledgments of Rose and the fact that, that we're not just pretending that she wasn't significant. But by the same token, I feel extremely sorry for Martha that she's basically stuck in this situation now where she's kind of second fiddle. She's mm. she's the rebound, she's the replacement, she's the the not rose. Yeah. Um so yeah. So anyway, so they go for a wander, they get it's it's pissing it down with rain. Yeah. It's it's turning out to not be quite the sort of the fun date that Martha was necessarily hoping for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they stumble into like a marketplace. Yeah. That comes to life when they approach because there doesn't seem to ever be any customers. Well, not n- not many, I think. Yeah. So obviously, I don't I don't know what those because it's like it's like a murky street and they've got these like little hatches, mm-hmm. like the dodgiest burger vans, basically. Yes. Yeah. And you know they're battered and greasy and horrible, um, and they all suddenly sort of pop them open, start shouting out their wares. Um, so I don't know what they do when those hatches are closed. God knows. Maybe <laughs> yeah, just, just go to sleep. Just sit there. So when you say they're selling their wares, yes. they're selling emotions and moods. Yeah, okay. I, so I this is one of the beefs that I have with this episode. Yeah. Um, go on. So I've, I, I don't want this to just become the, the David as a rant episode. But the Doctor says, I think they're selling moods. Yep. Within, you may have notes to this effect as well. Yeah. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? Listeners, if you've watched the episode, you know where I'm going with this. But it's got to be said. Forget is not a mood. Yep. Honesty is not a mood. Yep. Like, pr- uh, sleep is not a mood. <laughs> yep. It's just like... <laughs> like <laughs> immediately undercuts the whole concept. Yeah. That, so, that was my yeah. thing. Because we'll sell you a mood... And then this young girl turns up who's sorrowful. Yes. So you would think she would want happiness Happy. or oh, something like yeah. that. But she gets forget to forget the thing yeah. that makes her yeah. sad. Yeah. And it's quite abstract when they describe it because the lady yeah. says, how sad are you? She says, oh, my parents are on the motorway. Yeah. I don't know whether they're the couple from the opening of the show. Could be. Um, have we made that thought and then they give her this thing to forget that yeah. but does it make her forget everything up until a certain point does it just target that one memory of sorrow who knows because yeah. it's pretty clear RTD is making this shit up as he goes along especially because 
when they're given the mood, yeah. it's like a bit of sellotape they put on their neck. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, it just fairly, does whatever. Yeah, it's a fairly low production uh, thing. But yeah, so... But obviously, look, the parallel here is that they're selling drugs. Yes. Uh, you know, it's it's effectively what these are, even if we're not necessarily calling it that explicitly. Yeah. However, um, maybe, you know what? I'll put a pin in this. We'll, we'll come back to this in a little bit. Um, I've got a, I've got a, an additional rant about this whole okay. concept and how it's handled in this episode. But, well, in fact, no, yeah. the long and short of it is the Doctor is fairly disgusted with what he sees as his yeah. Martha. We go, uh, uh, and so, you know, they're kind of, you know, a little put out. And then this is the point where the, the young couple turn yeah. up, isn't it? And yeah. kidnap Martha. Yeah. Yeah. Now... In, a, in the most British and apologetic fashion yeah, imaginable. Like, oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, we're really sorry. We don't, we don't want to be kidnapped. <laughs> but, but then, uh, going back to these vendors, yeah. the Doctor has just seen two people yeah. come out of an yeah. alleyway and yeah. kidnap his friend. So he yeah. just turns to the vendor and just goes, I'm going to go find my friend. And when I come back, yeah. I'm going to burn this street to the ground. <laughs> yeah. your, your way of life comes to an end today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, his exact words are, um, uh, pack up your things, because this, uh, this street closes tonight. Yeah. And, and he really, oh, he's going all the way to 11 with his performance yeah. here. Yeah. You know, the righteous anger. So, <sighs> following that, and there's a little bit where we see Martha get put into... They call it a car, but it's a floating it's, vehicle. Yeah. It's basically like a VW camper van. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's obviously floats. closely modelled on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when she wakes up inside this vehicle, yeah. we are introduced to her kidnappers. Yeah. A girl named Cheen, yeah. who is pregnant. Yeah. And her partner, Milo. Yeah. And this is where we f- basically find out what the motorway is. Yeah, we it's get been all of our exposition. Yeah. Quite a lot. Yeah. So once you're on the motorway, they're all aiming to get to like the higher levels of New New York. Because yeah. this has taken place in like the undercity. Yeah, yeah. We're in the grimy slums of uh New 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 York. Yeah, it's the fifteenth yeah, New like York, isn't it? Yeah. And traffic on this motorway, I think they say it's 15 lanes wide. It can take you six years to go 10 miles. Yeah. <coughs> this is, um, yeah. It's, so, it's obviously modelled on inner city London. Yeah, I was going to say. traffic issues. It is, not, it is not hard to see where RTD got the idea for this episode. Mm. He would have just been sat in traffic on the M25. Would it? Just thinking like, God. 2007. Okay. Yeah. Let me just Google something. What I wanted to Google there was when the London congestion fee came into operation. Yeah. But that was 2003. All right. So, so we're, we're, we're post congestion fee. Yeah. But but even so, like, you know, yeah. nobody likes sitting in a traffic jam. Not all of us have the power to write a 45 minute science fiction uh, story about how annoying it is to be stuck <laughs> yeah. in a traffic jam. But uh, RTD has that power, and my God, he uses it. Yeah. So, yeah, we get all the rules here. This traffic jam has been going on for a very long time. People make very, very slow progress, and you need three people to enter the fast lane. Mm-hmm. Now, following this, I know we've talked about yeah. we're going to solve Face of Bo's mystery. Yeah. We solve a bigger mystery yeah. at this point. Yeah. This is it, David. The moment yeah. we've waited for for nearly two full series. Yes. Because when the Doctor enters the motorway, yeah. he is picked up by Bran. Yes. Who is one of the cat people. Yes. And his newlywed wife, Valerie. Yeah. I know where you're going. Can I just... There's one thing I wanted to mention about that scene, um, the prior scene. Um, so with the whole drugs thing... Um, well, drugs, not drugs. Um, Martha, uh, the, the, the woman has an honesty... A patch on her neck and says, look, you can believe everything I'm telling you because I'm Mm. wearing this. And she has a go at her and tears her off and says, why are you wearing that when you're pregnant? I'm sorry, Martha. 
You don't live in the future. You have no idea how these mood patches work. You don't know whether they're safe for a pregnant woman to use or not. Don't make assumptions. Mm. It's not It's not just the same as just like drinking a yeah. bottle of wine. Or I was going to say, it's not like she's cracking an uncooked egg into her own mouth. And just... <laughs> exactly. And I just, I hate, I, you know, I'm not... I'm not advocating for drug use here, but I'm not. Uh, I'm just saying I don't like the sort of bringing our current 21st century morals to a future that we barely understand and applying the same logic to it. Uh, that seems presumptuous mm-hmm. on Martha and the Doctor's part. Anyway, episode. So three. we have Bran. Yep. A Catman. Yes. His newly wed. Catman played by. Ardlow Hamlet. Yeah, of oh, Father Ted Fang. Yeah. It's always good to see him. Yeah, absolutely. We'll talk more about his performance in a minute. So yeah, his, his him, lovely wife. His wife, Valerie. Yes. And their litter of kittens. Yes. So, <laughs> season two, episode one. Yeah. New Earth. Yes. We pose the question, how, how has yeah. the cat evolutionary line led to... Yeah. Human cat and, and we hybrids. assumed that the only way it could happen is if, at some point, some humans fucked a cat. Yeah. Now, it turns out, it was cats fucking humans. Well, it depends how, how you view the verb so, fucking. I would say that any, any gender can fuck any other gender. So, here's the question, <laughs> David. Yeah. Fuck a cat, get fucked by a cat, what are you going for? I mean... I, I mean, you're using you're using the term in a very specific fashion here. You're, you're talking. Let's be clear. You're using "fuck" as a term to specifically um, refer to um, penetrative sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so, do do I wish to be penetrated by a cat? <laughs> yeah. Or do I wish which to we, penetrate? Which we cat? know happens because yeah, we have a human yeah female here yeah. giving birth to kittens. Now we don't actually know. Of any pregnant cat people? Not so far. Not that we've seen on screen. Okay. Yeah. So, I'll accept your answer that in order to in-keep with continuity, you would get fucked by a cat. (laughs) I'm not going to dignify the conversation any further. No, we we don't need to. We've we've resolved that. (laughs) That's plagued us for like, what, (laughs) nearly 20 episodes? Yeah. That the question, would you fuck a cat, is now redundant. Yeah. And as we know, you would be fucked by the cat. Yeah. What I don't understand is how those tiny, just normal cat-like cats grow into the humanoid cat people mm. that we see later. Because to me, that they look like pretty regular they're, they're cats. They're house cats. They are just kittens. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Would, would you have preferred it if there was a weird cat person baby? Yeah, I would have, I think. But, I mean, I understand that that maybe would have been more um, costly for mm. what's already a fairly expensive episode to produce. Mm. The amount of CGI involved and stuff, which we'll talk about later, um, I think. I've got thoughts about the CGI in this episode. <laughs> yep. Not wholly positive. Um, anyway. <laughs> so, whilst on their vehicle, the Doctor through conversation, finds out that there are a pair of old ladies who observe the traffic, log every car. Yeah. So he checks with them where he can find Martha. Yeah. And they basically whittle it down to this specific car. Yes, yeah. And then in that specific car, Cheen tells Martha that something is living in the smog. Yeah, this is where we start to hear the sort of urban legends Mm. of um, what's lurking below the fast lane. Prior to seeing what was down there. Yeah. I thought this could have been something like the Jagrafess. Yeah. Like some sort of abomination monster. I thought if they were harking back to old episodes, I know we discussed this last week. Yeah. But the idea of reoccurring species yeah. interests me. So I thought we were going to see some sort of horror yeah. that we'd already seen. Mm, yeah, it's a fair assumption to make. Not quite where the episode goes. Mm. We'll talk about it. Yeah, We'll get there, trust so, me. In conversation with the old lady, yeah. the doctor realises that nobody has ever actually seen a police car. Yes, yeah, because, because I think 
um, what Bran and uh, his wife are saying is, oh, just leave it to the police. The police will sort it. And and he challenges the one and says, when was the last time mm. you saw a police car? And um, the the old couple, they don't um, they don't want to accept it. They don't you know, you know there's there is a sense of denial mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, but what you really need at a time like this yeah. when you know truths are being unearthed yeah. and you're clearly distressed yeah. is a little sing song. <laughs> yes, yes. So everyone in unison yeah. on the motorway yeah. just it beams through to the yeah. cars on this traffic system yeah. that sort of reoccurs through the episode. And they all just sing a little hymn. Yeah, sing a lovely little old Welsh hymn. Mm. And this is where we get what I think is the real theme of this episode. Because we talked about how, you know, it's obviously the trigger was, you know, RTD was stuck in traffic or whatever. But that's the surface level. And I actually think this this episode has a very, very strong subtext. And I don't know whether you would have picked up on it in your alcoholic <laughs> um, <laughs> stupor. But to me, and it becomes clearer every time I watch this episode, which is a fair bit. This is a story about faith. Mm. And it's and it's kind of on the nose, really, when you look at things like um the the hymn and, and, and stuff like that. It's it's putting your trust in some unseen other. Yes. So in this case it's like, don't worry, the police will come, they're looking after us, we'll we'll, we'll all join in unison, we'll sing our song, we'll you know mm-hmm. and we'll hope for a better tomorrow. Everyone who joins that motorway, it, it's a, it's an act of faith that they will get to their destination, this promised land. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and and so that's where they're heading. And then we know that there are horrors that lurk below that you don't. Do you see what I mean? There is just there is yeah. so much uh, Christian um, like, like subtext to it. Yeah, iconography, and I don't. It's one of the things that one day I've always been meaning to kind of do a bit of digging into what RTD's relationship with uh, Christianity is, and and so I think it'd be quite interesting to look at um, when I eventually find the time. You know, um, Second Coming, Queer as Folk, and and sort of see how his writing prior to to uh, working on Doctor Who might have informed what he writes for the show itself. Um, but anyway, we're getting massively sidetracked already. So so. I I want you to lead the next part of the conversation because as you mentioned earlier, the costume design, set design in this episode, they've clearly had quite a bit of fun with it. Oh, definitely. So when, when we talk about the gridlock and the motorway, it's much like a standard motorway, except it's 15 lanes across yeah and i don't think it tells us how many deep it is but it's obviously three-dimensional because the cars can fly i think it might be six layers yeah and it it definitely goes down quite far so um so basically we get the sequence where the doctor is um trying to get down to the fast lane and so he just sonics his way through a succession of these uh flying flying cars yeah and um yeah and obviously They've only got the one sort of basic set for this car. So the costume designers and the uh, set designers just keep re- throwing in different people, redressing the sets, and they, and they sort of seem to match the set to the to the character. And, yeah. and so you get these uh, quite colourful, interesting characters. Like you've got this sort of like albino guy in a, in a sort of white and pink interior. You've got a... Um, a couple surrounded by sort of eastern paraphernalia. You've got um, a bowler-hatted businessman with an actual water yeah. cooler. Yeah. See, speaking of the water cooler, one yeah. thing we skipped over is when Martha's in the car with Jean and yeah. Milo. Oh, yes. Is They offer her some food yeah. to calm down. And yeah. then in conversation... They just mention that all waste products are recycled into food. Yes. And she sort of awkwardly puts down this biscuit yeah. wafer. She's it's not like a it. rice cake, isn't it? But yeah. yeah it's presumably it's like, it's good that's fun. made of shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I think the most interesting character we meet going down yeah. towards the fast lane yeah. is 
a message comes through to Milo's vehicle. Yeah. And it's from a weird dog person. Yeah, it's it's like a sort of Urzat's Chewbacca. And it, it makes me think of I forget the name of the episode, but when we're on Satellite Five with Simon Pegg. Yeah. And we've got the Jagra Fres. Yeah. And it alludes to is it something like the Freedom Six? Is it Freedom 15 or something uh, like that? It yeah. could be. Yeah. And I said at the time, I need more information on these characters. Yeah. I want to know where this dog person's come from. <laughs> and I say dog person, it's just like a really furry person. Yeah. It's like, it's just a, it's just, just matted hair, basically, with I, a person I know underneath we, it. I know we discussed race yeah. a little bit last time. Yeah. At first... I did think, is this a gollywog? Type? Oh, jeez, yeah. yeah. I don't I think did that think, was the is intention. Is it a minstrel? But no, I mean, no. It was until I realised, oh, it's got thick black fur. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. it was just a matte black face with eyes peering through <laughs> yeah. it. And it took me a second yeah. to, to realise yeah. that. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's... Again, it's like they're throwing together all of these different costumes and sets and things on a very tight budget, and they and they're just having as much fun as they can with it. Um, so yeah, and so they're 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 ringing through to, to Milo's car because they're basically warning and say like it's too late for us, just get out of the fast lane. Yeah, we're toast basically, and yeah, and then we basically see them. You know, their car is like. Mm. Shaking and sparking. There's the same clearly way as something in the fast lane. We've yes, heard, yeah, like gurgling. It sounds almost yeah. like an upset stomach. Yeah, the, the, uh, Milo's trying to say it's the air vents. Yes, but then the gas and the fog is so thick that they're like, there, there aren't but any. Again, vents. that touches on the idea of faith. He yes. can't, or he doesn't want to accept that there is this inevitable evil below them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, he becomes like impassioned when he's fighting this idea that yeah. there is something down yeah, there. He knows he, there is, but he, yeah. he can't he's got, Yeah, and he want he wants to believe that they're just gonna have this 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 peaceful journey through uh and, you know, off to the better future for their child, who they say, you know, they reckon will be like six years old by the time they mm. actually get through. Um so yeah, I mean and as a as a young father you know, I have some sympathy for you know mm. him <laughs> wanting the best possible future for his child. But uh... so in the other car, uh, one of the cat people, yeah, cuts through looking for the doctor. Yeah, worryingly weaponized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because at the point we didn't mention like in that in that sort of the one scene we get with the face of Bowen at the start when um, I think does the face of Bowen just say. He's here, like he just senses the doctor's presence, and then we just see novice Hame just tool up, just get a big fucking laser gun, (laughs) and yeah, so she's kind of blasting through, demanding to see the doctor, and then you know, (laughs) when she finds the doctor, the doctor has hacked in to Bran's car, yes, and he's using the air vent system to create a breeze so he can see what's at the bottom. Yeah. And when we get a glimpse of what's at the bottom, it is unimaginable horror, the like of which has never been seen before. It's indescribable. It's big crabs. It's just big crabs. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just big crabs. Yeah. Because when you see it through the fog, you see it's got loads of eyes and it looks like it's got hundreds of arms. But no, it's just a hundred crabs yeah. with two arms. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, this plays very differently if you are a classic Doctor Who fan, right? Because the Macra, uh-huh. as the Doctor names them, are a, the prominent villains of a lost Patrick Troughton story, the Macra Terror. Okay. So for a lot of Doctor Who fans. This is the first time they've ever actually gotten to see the macra moving okay. on screen. Because there is an acknowledgement of that. Yes. In that the Doctor says they used to be a dominant race. Yes. And they've devolved yeah. back to primitive yeah. crap. Yeah, they were intelligent, manipulative. As he says, they were using humans as slaves in, in the macra. In this classic episode, yeah. 
were they just crabs? Yeah, they were big crabs, but they were big, like, telepathic crabs that were, like... <laughs> Do you remember when yeah. we watched Hospital on the Moon? Yeah. And I said, I don't like the Jadoon. Yeah, because they're just rhinos. They're just rhinos. Yeah. This is even worse, because these aren't crab people. They're, they're just, just crabs. They're just crabs, yeah. Um, so you might be interested are, are to Are these learn. the worst villains we've seen so far? Well, they're, they're barely villains. This is basically just... RTD needed something to chuck in, uh, to, to be just like a, a brainless horror. Mm-hmm. And he thought, and why Sometimes not Macra? I think RTD's a brainless horror. <laughs> <laughs> so, look, this was a special treat for classic fans. Mm-hmm. Just be like, cause I, I know that it harms the episode that they're Macra. No, but... They it could doesn't... literally be anything else. Well, I think the connection was the gas, because as, as the Doctor says, they feed on gas, and that's, again, that's that's true of the, the, the classic story. So, I, I'll be honest, I haven't actually seen the Macroterra yet, because obviously it's all the episodes are missing, so I kind of skipped a lot of the missing episodes, and I'm glad I did, actually, because just a couple of weeks ago, the BBC released a new fully animated reconstruction of all four episodes of the Macroterra. Oh, really? And I'm very, very excited to watch it. They've done it with a few stories. They started with just doing like animated episodes of mostly existing stories where just certain bits are missing. Like, for example, The Tenth Planet, the final William Hartnell story, the one which has the first regeneration, that the final episode was missing. They had the first three, but someone had chucked in the bin the final episode, one of the most historic episodes of TV. Yeah. Um, but so they released that with an animated final episode and like or like the invasion where I think it's the first... Like episode one and episode three of an eight-part story is mm-hmm. um, uh, we're missing, but they've more recently started to do these animated reconstructions of completely missing stories, and I'm hoping that that they continue to sell well enough that one day they will do it for all the remaining missing episodes. Yeah, because ah, oh, what a lovely thought to have just a complete library. Um, but anyway. It surprises me that the BBC would go through all that effort to animate them, yeah. but then not have any legal way to watch their library. It is weird, isn't it? When, whenever we've watched classic episodes, yeah. we've had to watch them on really <sighs> obtuse Stream. daily motion yeah. links. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it is frustrating. You know, um, it's, it's not as though there's no demand for them. Yeah. Exactly. I know I've shat all over all the ones we've watched so far. But there is an audience for it. Yeah. And, well, I mean, I don't know if you've heard about BritBox that's coming. Yes. At some, it's yeah. already been, it's been going for a couple of years in America. And one of, I swear, like 50% of American subscribers to BritBox are mostly subscribed for Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would be very surprised if it wasn't a central sort of tentpole of, of uh, the catalogue that they launch BritBox in the UK with. Mm. So, keeping fingers very firmly crossed for that. Okay. So, Novice Haim teleports the Doctor away. Yeah. He's quite upset about that in that he was so close close. to getting Martha. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he's mad at Novice Haim for doing that because she obviously needs him to help her well, and he, point, he always helps people in need yeah because it, it's weird because at that moment he doesn't know what her motivation is and last time they met she wasn't exactly the nicest no, uh, no. character and in fact he has that weird moment where he's where he sort of recognizes and says oh how are you doing hugs her and then says oh, no way hang on <laughs> yeah so uh but anyway yeah so he gets so transported up he, he demands to be taken to the senate of new new york yeah and she sort of says, well, we're, we're already there. And around him in the benches of the yeah. Senate are just cor- not even corpses, skeletal yeah. remains. Yeah, It's quite an eerie image, isn't it? Yeah. And this is where the story of the episode is yeah. sort of Yeah, we, we get the final sort of the, the, the missing key. Really. So the city of New New York died 24 years ago. Yeah. When there was one of these emotion patches called Bliss that mutated into a virus and wiped out the world's population in about seven minutes. Yeah. 
Which is sad. It is it's pretty sad, yeah. But what isn't sad is the reuniting of the Doctor and the face of Bones. Oh, best si- of friends. Since episode two, I've had a fondness for Face of Bone. We've yeah. talked about him a lot. Considering he's only in three episodes. Yeah. He's he's become one of my favourite characters. In the same way that like Captain Jack's only in a couple, but we've grown to love him. Oh yeah, absolutely. He wins your heart very easy, I think, Facebook, because he's just he's uh, it is that classic, you know, wise uh, mysterious yeah. other yeah, yeah, he is he's the sage, he's the prophet, the you know, whatever. And um there and uh, kudos to David Tennant for managing to get so much emotion out of a scene where he is just playing opposite a big rubber face. Because, uh, as well, because he's telepathic, the face of Bob doesn't really move or anything. No, not usually, no. I mean, I think his eyes to. move and there's yeah. like the odd straining in his face. Yeah, it obviously it's very loose. limited movement. Yeah. Um, so we find out that the face of Bob is running the motorway yes. as a means to trap these people down there for their own protection. Yeah. So the world isn't safe. Yeah. He's convinced them that salvation is coming yeah. if they follow the motorway. Yeah. But the motorway, I don't even think it says there's an end to the motorway because some of them say, oh, if we miss the junction, we've just got to loop all the way. Yeah, I think around. it's effectively a ring road. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, the motorway, which is quite a horrible thing, yeah. is actually trapping people for their own safety. Yes, until yeah. Until the world is safe. Yeah, they're in quarantine, basically. Mm. They are the only survivors, the sort of last hope. So, the Doctor then opens up the top of the motorway yes. to let the sun in. Yeah. And... Because it was taking, it was taking all. Because I forget the exact. There is some convoluted beams by which the face of Bo, even though it was the, the the threat had now passed, the face of Bo wasn't able to open up the motorway. So yeah, um, yeah, it was taking all his reserves just to sort of keep the lights on, so, basically. Opening the motorway and letting the people out, yeah, doesn't solve the problem that you've still got loads of giant crabs down there, does it? No, but you know they could maybe you know have an actual society above, away from the crabs. And so long as the crabs they, are just... They need to uh, go to new, new, new Earth. Yeah. And just nuke new Earth. <laughs> nah, there's other ways to deal with the macro problem, I'm sure. Put I mean, them leave under, them leave them, them long under enough. the Thames and drown them. But yeah. then they're crabs, so they'd survive. Yeah. L- leave them long enough and they'll starve, won't they? They'll run out of gas if they don't keep using that motorway. That's motor true. Run. That's true. Quite a cruel way to go. I'm sure someone in in one of those um, cars, when they're out of the car and you know can get to a whiteboard or something, can come up <laughs> with some kind of solution. Yeah. For the crab, for, for the macro problem. So, once everyone's driven up, yes, the doctor says the city of New York, New New York, is yours. Yeah. But wouldn't they just be going into homes and buildings that are full of dead bodies? <laughs> There will be there's yeah. this glorious moment where yeah. the sun is shining yeah. and they're finally free. And you have you get the beautiful sweat, the, another hymn, swelling that of city music is yeah. littered with corpses. Yeah, yeah, that is a nightmare. It's horrible. And is this where we realise that the face of Bo has made the ultimate sacrifice? Yes. Yeah. The face of Bo is dying. Ah, uh, and we get one of my favourite tenant line readings of any episode. Where he says, oh, no, I'm going to get the wording slightly wrong, but it's like, don't you go doing on me, you big old face. Yeah, but that, <laughs> do you know what? That's, that's not the line I, I thought uh, you were going to say. Yeah. I really like the line where the doctor says, I'm the last of my kind. Yeah. You're the last of your kind. And that's why you can't die. Yeah. Because it, that vulnerability then yeah. shows that the doctor has. The yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and as we approach the final scenes of this episode yeah we're really get getting a bit of a dwelling on the loneliness of the doctor and you know being the last of your kind and all of that mm. um so uh yeah but the, the, you know his his uh efforts are in vain the doctor um can't say the face of Bo. has martha turned up yet because martha does get to 
I think. Yeah, she time. has, hasn't she? Yeah, yeah, she's up there with. She's just dropped off, isn't yeah. she? Yeah. She, to be fair, I, this is a bit of a shame. We have much to do in that scene, does she? It's all about yeah. the Doctor and the face of Bo. And this is where um, the face of Bo imparts his final secret. Yeah, we finally get it. What? Yeah, what would would have been your guess? Your final Mine guess would have been that Star own brand cornflakes yeah. come from the same factory as Kellogg's cornflakes. So just buy the cheap ones. That, that's you know what? That's a good tip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you know if you. Pillows go stiff, put them in the tumble dryer with a tennis ball. Oh, does that work? Yeah. Ah. I thought that would have been the face of Bo's secret, but it turns out his big secret is that the Doctor is not alone. You are not alone. And it's such an important secret that he even moves his lips for it. Now, we get this close-up of the face of Bo's lips actually moving. mm. So, yeah. Just funny because, like, because he's only like in a tank of liquid or something, so it'd be more like, like <laughs> <laughs> well, at, at this point, we've seen his tank smash. He's like, oh, that's true. He's, like, he's leaked, hasn't sprawled he? Sprawled out on the floor like a big old brain. Oh, that's true. Yeah, no, so fair. No, I'll take that back. <laughs> Good impression, though. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's not alone. Yeah. Now, I, I wonder. I have two schools of thought. On okay, this. right. Number one, Susan. Okay. And I know that might be me reading into it more than I maybe should because I've got a disjointed perspective You've, in that. Yeah. I've only seen yeah. Susan. You can you can only work with the canon that I've shown you so far. Susan is a is a reasonable guess. Yeah. yeah. And then the second one, and you'll have to correct me. Yeah. On the was it Runaway Bride? Yeah. Where the ship was attacked under the yeah. instructions of a Mr. Mr. Saxon. Mr. Saxon. Yeah. He, I think he could be involved. I okay. asked you at the time and yeah. you were very shady about it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I will say, um, I was going to mention in, in this Smith & Jones episode, I don't know if you noticed, but there um, there were also some posters on, on the wall in uh, the final scene before Martha enters the TARDIS saying, Vote Saxon. Okay. Right. I'll, I'll let you have that. I wasn't going to mention it at the time, but yeah. Right. So, there is something going on with Mr. Saxon. This is like Bad Wolf. <laughs> you like Bad Wolf in the end. Yeah, but then straight away they said, oh, the face of Bo's got a secret. Yeah. And then, why can't he just explicitly tell us what the secret <laughs> is? You are not alone. Does yeah. that mean... I cheer, think cheer up. Yeah. Could, does it, it mean could, oh you can get back in touch with Rose? Yeah, it does it could mean be, forget Rose? You've got yeah. a new friend. You're not yeah, alone. exactly. Man up could, a bit. could could just be like you keep thinking. You know, you're going drifting through life as though you don't have anyone else. You've got Martha standing right next to you. Yeah, you're not alone. But then, of course, Martha says, "Oh, do you think he means me?" And, and he's just, like, just like, goes, Nah. <laughs> yeah, no, he's just like absolute like slams her. Such a dickhead to yeah. Martha. He really yeah. is. And but then we get one of my favourite Martha moments where he's like, Come on, back to the TARDIS, <laughs> love. And she's like, Nope, grabs a chair, plonks it down, sits there with her arms folded, and says, You talk to me. Yeah. And I love that. I love that she just she's she's had enough of his shit. But although we're only three episodes in. Yeah. When somebody, not necessarily the Doctor, yeah, is clearly hiding something. That's yeah. what a friend would do. Yeah. So it strengthens that relationship that Absolutely. has basically just been yeah. two people in a box yeah. going on holiday. And it does actually, it, it jolts the Doctor out of that sort of frame. And he's, and he's like, you know what? Yeah, no, actually, that's a reasonable request. And he goes, he sits down with her. Yeah. And... We get a beautiful end moment. I think one of the, I think the nicest ends in any episode where he sits there and he starts talking about Gallifrey again mm. and just talking about reminiscing about his, you know, his lost home. Because he never did that with Rose. He didn't really. No, he was still kind of in that phase of denial, and he's now moving on into acceptance. And again, denial being one of the themes of this episode. 
and it's like moving into that point where you can where you can move on turn over a new leaf and you get one of the i think a really beautiful bit of direction just a lovely tracking shot sort of pulling up away mm. and you know as his his monologue fades you know we're sort of like drawing back and we're just leaving them we're giving we're almost giving martha and the doctor space and privacy because the majority of episodes moment. do end with them just getting in the tardis shutting the door yeah, being off they go we so, don't get that here yeah, we get this kind of nice lingering rounded ending yeah it sort of lingers and just as i say it's like it's almost like we're just we're just drawing the curtains and saying we'll give you two a moment yeah yeah i think it's really beautiful no i i i did enjoy this episode it's good it's not without its flaws no but I think the the good more than makes up for bad in this a, one. Again, just to check some facts, yeah. I checked the Wikipedia page for this episode. Yeah, you and be it, careful with that. Oh no, 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 no! I never go any further than like the date that it aired. Yeah, staff staff yeah. names, cast names. Yeah. Um, but I did notice this is ranked as like an all time great yeah. episode. Yeah, and I, I don't d- know I whether would, it it is. I wouldn't go that far. Yeah, I wouldn't go that. I don't far. know if it's you know further down the road where we find the significance of "You Are Not Alone," whether it's just based on the relevance of that point. I think there are, there are a lot of face of bow fans out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of. I think it's a strong one for Tennant. I think he puts in a really good performance, mm-hmm. um, and I do think it's it's it is engaging throughout. Mm-hmm. And as I say, it's very easy to overlook the the niggles and the flaws in this episode when, as a whole, it really comes together nicely. And as I say, for me, the thematic weight that it has, it doesn't feel throwaway. In the way the Shakespeare Code felt like it was a lot, bunch of running around and nonsense and it didn't amount to much at the end of this. Mm-hmm. This feels like it has some heft to it. No. And I think that's why it sticks in the mind a bit more for a lot of I, fans. I just really hope... In future episodes, if the Doctor goes to the not-too-distant future, yeah. we see the face of Bo again before he dies. That'd be nice. Yeah. Yeah. If not, rest in peace, face of Bo. Yeah. Yeah. From Old friend. Fr- from two old friends <laughs> to an old friend. I'm trying to think of a nice yeah. way to sign off the episode. Yeah. Just uh, like... that'll do. We'll better yeah. get going. So, as ever, thank you very much for listening. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about... Daleks in Manhattan. I wonder what that episode's about. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is I wonder first... where it's set and yeah. what the enemy will be. Uh, I wonder. And um, just... Spoil that. You've said I'm not allowed to watch the next yeah. episode of Trek. But the thing is, it's called Daleks in Manhattan. Yeah. They've, they've made that choice for us, haven't they? Yeah. And um, you'll be pleased to know that is part one of a two-parter. So in the same episode, we will also be discussing evolution of the Daleks. So, yeah. Look forward to that. It should be fun. Good. All right. Until then, thanks very much for listening. Cheerio. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Neither the Time Nor the Space. If you wish to contact us, our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at timenorspacepod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who theme.